All right, everybody, once again, we're back. Welcome back to another episode of the Ball Never Lied podcast. As you guys already know, I'm one half for your host. I'm the coach. What up, y'all? We back, man. Luke Foe, what up, man? Quick disclaimer, we've been going, I know, but, you know, real life, we starting basketball teams. We're doing a lot, man, but, you know, we had to come talk about these finals, man. Let's get it. Yes, sir, man. We got the finals to talk about. We got some of the coaching carousel going around that we got to talk about, man. But again, we, we appreciate y'all who, who stay locked in with us day one. And we're going to continue to give y'all content as we continue to, to talk basketball and, and also apply basketball, just not here, but also with the youth as well. Yes, sir. So, you know, talking about coaches, our team finally hired a coach, hired the right coach. I know you were excited. I was excited. But um, after the press conference yesterday, how do you feel? Man, first and foremost, let's say welcome back. Let's give a good welcome back to, to Darvin Ham, man. Our salutes to him. And and everything that, that he talked about and and that he displayed up there, he got he got me ready to suit up and, and, and play for him. <laughs> if you need a if you need a developmental coach for the G League team, I'm there. Whatever he needs, man, sign me up, man, because Everything that he's talked about and that he's preaching, I 100% co-sign from the accountability on the floor to the big three. And not just the big three, but, of course, the whole team. But like you said, just the accountability, it starts on the defensive side. And from our defense, it'll translate to our offense. But the main thing is just accountability and competing. Because too many times, I, I, I didn't like the fact that we getting blown out by 30, 40 points. We're giving up 130-plus points. And and that's not directed at the talent that's on the floor. That that's again that just spoke to the to the coaching at the time and and the 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 lack of respect they showed just at, at times to to vocal. But but again, I'm I'm really excited for the future. I, we know Rob and and Darvin they're gonna put their heads together, put put the best roster together as possible. And uh, and, and I still trust in Rob. You know. If we had one blip in the road, we had a bump, and that's gonna happen, man. It's it's not always pieces of cream in LA. I know everybody wants to be, and uh, even Darmian said it himself. We everybody wants to go young. We always can't go young. So we we got a, a solid core in our big three right there. It it starts then by holding accountable, and like you said, it starts in practice, just getting those daily reps. And, and like I said, man, I'm excited, man. But but how you feel? Man, like you said, I was ready to suit up, run through a wall for him. Like, just when he started, they asked him, like, you know, how are you going to deal with the pressure? And he was saying, I've been shot before. Like, you know, he ain't scared of nothing, pretty much. And I was Man, like, oh, yeah. Like, when he said that, I was like, he said that fearless. in a room full of white people. He crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, you know. This goes back to, to the beginning where we were talking about the front office. Well, everybody was talking about the front office, and nobody had faith. Everyone just knew they were going to hire the wrong guy. And I'm not going to say they shocked everybody, but they did what was right. So it's like, to me, which I've been telling a lot of people, it's just, you know, relax. Let's let it play out before we have all these notions and we read these fake rumors and start getting so pissed. Oh, the summer's over. Oh, we're cooked for the next season. I hate that shit, dog. Like, let it play out a little bit. And then we can, you know, we talk our shit. Like, people are still harping on Caruso, man. Like, that that shit is 
That's over with. Let it go. Man, it's like, I miss dude too, but I don't miss him that much to where I'm going to cry about it every time we talk about a coach or a player. Like, let, let it let it happen. But overall, the press conference, like you said, he was talking about accountability. I like that he was um, incorporating Westbrook a lot. Even if he is traded, at least we know that there's a plan in place. It's not just a, oh, I don't know what to do with him because we we're supposed to trade him type shit. So that was good. And then you could tell that um, he's going to be hard-nosed. And whoever's on his staff, as in coaches, which we kind of heard the rumors, uh, Rasheed Wallace might join. He said it's still actively, you know, going on. So we're not going to say he officially joined, but that's that's a hard-nosed coach. That's a coach that's going to tell it how it is. We kind of need those. We don't need no yes-men right now. We got vets. Keep it real with them. Whoever we sign, we need we need those hard-nosed players. We need those players that are willing to get dirty, dive on the floor, do shit for others. So all the things he said in the press conference was intriguing and it definitely had my, my blood flowing and I was damn near ready for the season, even though the season's still going on. Man, I'm just saying, man. And, and another thing that I love that he talked about also too is just sacrificing that everybody's going to have to sacrifice from the first man to, to the 12th man. Everybody has to sacrifice in order to, to, to win a championship. And another thing that I like that he talked about as well, when people asked him about building his, his coaching roster and staff, there are no – he doesn't want just defensive gurus or, or offensive geniuses. He wants people who, who know how to coach both sides of the ball, and that's what it's about. Like you said, you can't have a defensive coach just watch the defensive side. Then once they go and play on offense, they just put his head down. So I'm definitely excited for, for the coaching, the coaching tree that, that he's going to put together and build. I, I definitely think Phil Handy will come back as one of those uh, returning coaches. I don't see him leaving L.A., but I am I, I can't wait to see what what we what we get to see that's going to be um, built as far as just our coaching bench and our leadership. Because like you said, we he wants coaches going to roll their sleeves up and, and, and do the work. So and, and that's yeah. the exciting part right there. Yeah. He, when he said that, he said 360 basketball. And, you know, he said he's, he comes from a coaching staff where they're on the floor with, with the players. They're not just telling them what to do and. It is what it is. He's like you said. He said you roll up your sleeves, you put on your shorts, and you go out there and show them. So that was that was definitely a lot of coaches do that though. But that was definitely something I like to hear, and I was I was definitely ready to see that. I'm I'm ready. To, he's he said once after he talked to LeBron, he was ready to start training camp the next day. So it sounds like people are locked in. I've been hearing that. Um, I mean, AD said it himself, but I've been hearing he's been in the gym hours on hours. So that's been good. We we heard that he talked uh Fisdale, I mean not Fisdale, um Ham said he talked to Westbrook and he told him the main thing is sacrifice. And it sounds like Westbrook's on board. I know we read reports last year, but we haven't heard about those like we, we didn't hear anyone talk about those reports. So now we're hearing Ham actually say, I talked to Westbrook. This is what we talked about. So we know everyone's held accountable. The coach is going to be held accountable. Westbrook's going to be held accountable while he's on the team if he's not, whatever. So that's that's definitely um, something to be excited about, something to look forward to for me. Yeah, man. And the last thing I'd say is real, real quick, and, and, and Darvin and, and Darvin touched on it, like he said, AD is the key. 
Anthony Davis yeah. is the key for everything to work, man. And yes, sir. And he's right. We we can't be a championship team in LA, no matter if Braun is healthy, if Westbrook's healthy. That man in the middle got to be able to control the paint on both sides of the basketball. And we all know that. And I think Anthony Davis is pretty tired of of the jokes of, of everybody talking about him, how he can't stay healthy. People are starting to throw dirt on his name. And I, I think the comments, just the small comments like, damn, him being compared to Bam out of Bios is, I'm, I'm pretty sure it struck a nerve. All right, man. That's that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, That's that and, bullshit. We got so much to talk about when it comes to all that shit, man. Oh man. Oh man. I, I can't wait. But but just to stick in the Western Conference real quick, as 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 we know, and, and those who know in the NBA world, Quinn Siders now stepped down. He's now resigned as the as the Utah head coach. So now we're hearing rumblings how Donovan Mitchell is 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 unhappy. He's upset with with now his his coach not being there. But hey, let's let's talk about it, man. How how do you feel about the, the situation? I mean, it was inevitable. I think um it's time to excuse me, just reshape the whole team. Um I believe that Gobert will be traded before Mitchell, but I, I feel like they should be on an even playing field. I know people are gonna go crazy with me saying that, but it's just the truth, bro. Like Mitchell has done a lot of great, but he's also hurt the team a lot. I, I don't think he's the main problem. I think Mike Conley just hasn't worked out and people, you know, he's a he's a real nice, nicely liked player. He's always been a hard-nosed player, but we got to be real about him, bro. He hasn't worked out. Um, this roster completely hasn't worked out. And let's be real, it's Danny Ainge. He's there now, so do we really expect the roster to get any better? He's made some some good moves for the Celtics here and there, but it wasn't on a consistent basis. Um, I don't see anybody really wanting to go to Utah, so signing free agents ain't going to be easy either. You're going to get vets because they just want to stay in the league and you know maybe get 10 to 12 minutes a game, but you're not going to get anybody that's really going to change that team. So for me, I had written down – I didn't even do Gobert. I just did Mitchell. Um, I had written down three teams – I had one wild card team in the Hawks. I had the two teams, the two best destinations for them, which was the Knicks and the Heat. Um, for the Heat, obviously you trade Tyler Hero, Duncan, whoever else, and some picks. And then for the Knicks, I personally would want the Knicks to go after Brunson before Mitchell because they wouldn't have to give up so much. But if they do go after Mitchell, man, you kind of sell the house on the uh, the young guys. Um, Emmanuel quickly, maybe R.J. Baird and, and whatever else. And then for the Hawks, I see it as a team, but I personally wouldn't like two small guards like that who don't defend and just play offense. So I don't know. Uh, they can go many different ways with it. I can keep going, but how do you feel? What do you see? Um, I definitely think it was time for a new voice in Utah. We, we saw it. It just ran its course. We, we all know who Utah would be, a great regular season team, fall short in the playoffs, and they just kept getting progressively worse as far as their their playoff runs. And not all of it was Quinn Snyder's fault. Like, he's been there for, for the last eight years. Maybe he brought Utah back to, uh, to being relevant again. But it was just time. 
Like we said, like you said, it was inevitable. I think we talked about it before. We saw him not really returning as the coach next season. But just to get back to, to, to Donovan and Rudy, Donovan, again, I'm going to say it again. Everybody put Donovan on this pedestal that he's the D-Wade 2.0. But, again, I don't see it. Yes, he's a good player. He's had good runs, and he showed his good moments. But these last two seasons to me, He's been stagnant. He hasn't grown. He hasn't elevated his play, honestly, since the bubble to me, where he's putting up 50-point games and playoffs. Now he's struggling to get out the first round. And if you're a franchise-changing player, like the D-Wade 2.0, like everybody says you are, I'm expecting you to get your team out of the first round. But that's neither here nor there. But just to talk about Gobert and, and, and Donovan, I – Personally, just because of the way the roster is constructed, I think Rudy will go first. But, again, it should be an even playing field because I think you can get more back for Donovan Mitchell. But just for I, – I, I, took, I, I took the Gobert route this, this time of just looking at their team. And a couple of teams, the, the two teams that stand out to me the most that I would like to see Rudy go to would either be Dallas Mavericks or – the Toronto Raptors, I feel like Rudy could fit that mold as far as what Toronto likes, as far as just big, long, lengthy players who play defense. And with Nick Nurse, he can show – he shows he can he can make lemonade out of a mustard seed, honestly. So with the player development they got over there and their culture that they built, I can see him fitting over there. But then in Dallas, that's the perfect situation. They need a big, bad – we saw against that that Golden State series with um, Dwight Powell, how he just became dog food out there, and eventually they just had to move him off the floor. I can see a I can see a Rudy Gobert going over there to help him. Now, what would you put together in those pieces as far as trades wise? I guess you can look to unload a Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract, especially if they're interested in keeping a Jalen Brunson. <clears throat> so. It's, it's going to be interesting. Utah, Utah is definitely going to be getting a lot of offers for both players, I think. And at this point, they they got to start looking into their rebuild mode because, again, they weren't never really a championship team. So they just got to look and see what's what's best for them for the next the next three years or so. Yeah, they definitely got to reshape. Um, I think Dwayne Wade should be hands-on, being a minority uh, owner. He's one of the owners, other than like Michael Jordan, of course, but he's one of the owners that's played. So he kind of knows what a team, you know, needs to be shaped like. So I think he definitely should be hands on this offseason. If he already isn't, um, I've seen that he's been pushing to get David Fisdale the coaching hire, and Fisdale just got technically fired today. Um, Darvin Ham did not bring him back on the Lakers assistant coaching roster. So that could work, but I don't know. Um, it's going to be hard, bro. To Like, Utah's definitely going to be like the Raptors or Thunder or somebody. Like, nobody's going to Utah, so you're definitely going to have to. You're going to have to build through the draft now, and if if you're going to keep waiting, it's going to get worse and worse. And shit, you, when you going to start rebuilding? 2026? You better, like, I don't know what they're going to do. I know Wade loves Mitchell. So it's probably going to take, you know, and it's Danny Ainge. So he's going to want 
if you guys remember with the Celtics, when he was trying to trade stars or whatever, he would want so much. He wants so much. And then it always fucking backfires on him. So hopefully he's learned with his time with the Celtics. But if he hasn't, then we're dealing with the same Danny Ainge who, if you offer him a fucking star player and a pick, he wants a star player, a pick, and a vet. So it's always going to be too much for Danny Ainge. I don't know what the Jazz are going to do. Um, like you said, Gobert probably would be the easier trade. Um, I, I really like that Raptors uh, thought process. That That could definitely work, but. I don't know. Maybe they need to unload Bogdanovich uh, or uh, Clarkson, but I, I really or, don't like them. I can I can say too, if just for for cap flexibility and roster flexibility, you probably got to look at moving Mike Conley too, if you can, because all oh, that money sure. you're paying him, and he keeps getting hurt. I mean, hey, just shout out. He to like Conley. he like Gordon Hayward paid. though. Like it's gonna be hard to trade. He is. He he keeps getting paid and keeps getting hurt, man. Shout out to his, his representation, man. That's all I got to say. Yeah, but let's move on to uh, the other team in the West, mishandling their first overall pick. Uh, this DeAndre Aiden situation, man, it's, it's getting worse and worse. We've seen at the end of their playoff run the talks of him and Monty Williams basically bickering, going back and forth, having issues. Um, shit, in general, we know the Suns basically – prioritize that 36-year-old choker, Chris Paul, over their number one overall pick who they were building around with Devin Booker. Um, I get, you know, I get why they brought Chris Paul in and obviously why he's been a catalyst for this team, but to give him the money and then have him endorse getting Aiden paid, but then they pay Bridges first, it seems like the Suns and um, management just – they just – they fumbled, man. Like, they've gotten a lot of credit over it. the last two, three years, but they really fumbled, bro. They fumbled this one for sure. Like, I, I don't know, man. The roster was good for the first run. And then they were we were shocked that they made it to the finals. I didn't think they could have, but we know all the injuries and shit. But now, bro, now that everybody's getting back healthy, obviously the Warriors got back healthy and went right back to their original spot. So it's like nobody is scared of the Suns, like Patrick Beverly says. Nobody's scared of them dudes. Nobody looks at them as a real threat. And now they're about to lose a 18 and 10 guy. What do what do they do? Do they do they overpay him and have him keep fighting with Monty, or do they let him walk but do a sign and trade? Like, what, what's your thoughts on on that whole situation? All I know is, man, I'm I'm glad the the Phoenix Suns got to be humbled through their Suns. through their playoff run. Let me just say that because we we've been gone for a while. So let let me just touch on since we're on the Phoenix Suns really quick. Everybody put them on this on this huge pedestal the whole season of how they had how Devin Booker was an MVP or Chris Paul should be an MVP or Dubai or Markel Bridges should be a defensive player of the year. No, Markel Bridges got got ate up and turned into dog food. Chris Paul has been the same Chris Paul as he's always been throughout playoffs. He gets hurt. 
and then everybody has a sob story for him. And Devin Booker, and I hope this stops now, stop comparing him to Kobe Bryant. The Devin Booker comparison to Kobe Bryant stops yesterday. I don't want to hear no more of it, especially after that game seven performance. That shit stops now. Now, just to get back onto DeAndre Aiden's point, I think if if I'm Phoenix, you can't put you can't put uh two pages back in the tube. So you just gotta look for a sign <laughs> trade. You can't let him walk. You you can't let him walk. It that that'll be dumb to let him walk for just nothing. Um, I think just the uh one of the first teams who just come off my off off the top of my head. I would look at the Atlanta Hawks as far as a signing trade deal. You can look at John Collins, get back um, another wing player, defensive player, a three and D guy, and you can send DeAndre Aiden to to Atlanta. I think that would work. That gives Trey Young also another big to work with as far as that combination. Yes, you've got to move Clint Capella, but I'm sure they'll find a way to do all that if they really want to go after DeAndre Aiden. And then also, too, just another team that we've been hearing about, the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, I know we know they still got to figure out their coaching, their um, who's going to be the next coach for their franchise. If they do go after a DeAndre Aiden, I don't see a Mike D'Antoni being in that situation just because he hates anybody over 6'9". So I don't see him being a coaching fit there. I think Charlotte should go after Kenny Atkinson as far as their coaching, coaching-wise. But, again, and I just because we're on the Charlotte – I don't see how Mike D'Antoni keeps getting all these damn jobs, but we know he's going to put up 140 and give up 145 points. But, again, if teams want to keep running the same shit, hey, that's that's completely fine with me, whatever. But I think Phoenix should definitely look at let's what are, what are the, the best trade scenarios out there and what can we give back in return? Because he's definitely going to get paid. And – they show that they didn't want to pay him in the beginning of the year or throughout the year. So I don't see them looking to, to pay him a max contract now. Man. So I had two teams for him too. Um, I didn't even think about the Hawks. So that should be added to the list, but I had the magic. Go get that bag. If you want to go to the magic, go hey. get that bag. <laughs> instantly be, real. The, um, he'd instantly be a big part. Obviously we've seen Wendell Carter Jr. Go over there. And become the man, like so. They they pr- prioritize big man over there. Salute to that. They you go over there, you get that bag, you be who you want to be. You also build with that team. They're young. I don't think they'll be anything, but you get that bag and you you be the star. And then, like you said, Charlotte, man. Um, the only pro- the only problem with Charlotte is they're running up and down, bro. So if you're not running with them. You kind of left in the dust. Uh, that's why P.J. Washington kind of looks iffy. Mason Plumlee, uh, you know, obviously he's limited in in his skill, but he runs up and down that floor with them. So if Aiden ain't conditioned right or if he's just going to sit in the paint and wait for a quick lob, he's going to get them lobbed. But running up and down that floor, man, it's going to take that conditioning. Um, I'm not going to say he's not conditioned, but I don't know. So I had – um. I put that on Twitter and salute to my little cousin, man. He gave me another team I, I didn't even think about. Shout out Maje, man. He gave me the Spurs. Um, I didn't think about them. I, they weren't on my radar at all. But they could be a team in a signing trade that can give them a couple pieces back. 
Yako Porto could go back, go to the Suns. Um, maybe um, Lonnie Walker or something else. It don't matter, but that's a team where he can be in the system. Pop could maybe, you know, make him a vocal point. That pick and roll with uh, DeJounte Murray would be really good because that dude is fast, quick, shifty, all that. So I, I can see that over there. Um, so again, salute to my little cousin for that one. That was a that was a good thought that I never thought about. I, I actually like that a little more than the ma- obviously the Magic because the Magic suck, but the Spurs you can get a bag too and be that guy over there. Nah, man. Once you once you uh set the 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 Spurs, I definitely that definitely got my mind thinking some interesting things right there. Like you said, you give up a put Yakupertal, maybe either a Keldon Johnson or Lonnie Walker in that deal, depending who uh, Phoenix will ask for uh, back in return. But just the idea of having DeJounte Murray and DeAndre Ayton, and you can grow in debt, and like you said, just build around that, that's scary in itself alone right there. And uh, definitely got to give a lot of credit to Ayton just for, for him being a help, him being healthy. There ain't too many bigs who can, who can stay healthy and really play a full length season as many times. So his durability is definitely another key just to of how how good he is. But I definitely think like you said, Spurs would be a, a good a good fit for that team. Charlotte, like you said, they like to run up and down. So that'll be interesting to see just compared to Phoenix Pace. They weren't always a a, a running gun team. They definitely like to slow it down, get into their sets. And like you said, the magic man <laughs> If you if you over six ten, the Magic on are you already considered Orlando Magic of name book? So they already are who they got. They got what Wendell Carter, Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac. Hey, Aiden, just go over there too. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, but you, Mo Bamba gonna be that free agent. So if they get Aiden, he's gone. Jonathan Isaac should later. be on the trade block. So I don't, I don't know that that could that could be different. They could run a, a six ten and up. From small forward oh, to center, and they got and they got bowl bowl over there too. So, yeah, they he, can definitely but he, he a free agent out. too. He a free agent, so he definitely. I don't know. They they could they could do something, but um, you had already touched on a little bit. The Hornets they have a coaching job open as well. Um, same thing you said, man. I I, I second it. Kenny Atkinson should definitely be the coach. Um. People forget he was only fired because he kept it real and didn't want to start. DeAndre Jordan and fucking Kyrie and KD wanted to start DeAndre Jordan, and then he went to the Lakers and was shit water. So that's the only reason he was really going. People forget how he was building that team. He was the first one to really stop Ben Simmons and make him look like he wasn't the future of the NBA. So we got to give him and his did, credit. And there. did it with Jared Dudley. And did it with Jared Man. Dudley at that. Man, that team, when you go back and look at that playoff team, they wasn't supposed to win a game, if we're being honest. That Nets team was not supposed to win a game, but they did. Um, I think he'll be good for the Hornets. My only problem is we are, we have already spoiled LaMelo Ball. He's he's the golden child where if he does a couple highlights, he makes a couple threes, we don't, we don't fucking criticize him for not running back on defense for not staying in front of his man. And mind you, this boy is six seven, six eight. Like he we we can't give the notion, oh, you don't need to play defense. Nah. This league now, if we're being honest, 
if you can't play just a bit of defense, you can't be on the court, man. Look at Duncan Robinson. We gave him $90 million and his spot was taken. And as soon as his spot was taken, the Heat went on a 20-4 and four run of wins with Max Strauss. All it took was a guy that wanted to try on defense. He don't even play defense. He tries, though. So this league, just in all honesty, is at least you got to – you got to get a couple of deflections. You you got to do something. You can't just sit there like same same thing that people tried to clown. Curry at least tries. We I know we've said it on this podcast a million times. He at least tries on defense. So he's going to always stay on the court even if he don't have his offense going because he's doing something but LaMelo like dude dude doesn't play defense and then when he was caught out by his coach, everyone thought the coach was the bad guy. So if Kenny Atkinson goes over there, that's the same type of coach just times two. He keeps it real as hell, and he's he keeps everybody accountable. He His offensive mind is, is brilliant. So I don't know. Like, I want him over there, but I don't want his talents wasted again because, like you said, a couple guys get millions of shots, but some guys don't get those shots again. And Kenny Atkinson – has been surfing around as an assistant when he should be a head coach. He's better than at least 10 guys. Kenny Agerson is better than the guy who took his job. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so let's just start there. And it's the reason why he's sitting on Golden State's bench for for the, for those who who are just saying, why are we shouting out Kenny Agerson's name? It's because he's a, he's, a, he's a great fucking coach. That's why. Yeah, like, he was just Steven, on the Heat's bench for their championship run. Shit. Yep. So. Exactly. And we saw the development he, he had with, with D'Angelo Russell, getting him to his first All-Star game. We saw what he did with, with Spencer Dinwiddie, getting Spencer Dinwiddie paid, and it was a real focal point of that Brooklyn Nets team that, that made the, the, the playoffs that year. He's the one – Kenny Agnesson is the one who got us to notice Joe Harris – and, and for those who, don't, who just think Joe Harris just popped up on Brooklyn, nah, he was floating around the league a little bit. He started, he got drafted by um by Cleveland, or I want to say maybe just picked up as an undrafted uh, rookie, not too sure. But he started out as a Cleveland Cavalier, found his way to Brooklyn, and we see what Kenny Agassiz was was able to manage to put put together over there. So, again, man, like you said, it's, it's going to be tough for, for those players to – to, to be challenged nowadays. And, and honestly, I just think it's, I don't want to say it's just a newer generation, but just this new culture shift of basketball where, and I'm kind of seeing it also just on our coaching levels too, where we coach, where if you hold a player accountable, it's, it's viewed, you're viewed as the bad guy or they point the finger at you for, for you doing your job. And that's all Kenny Axon's doing. And, LaMelo needs some of that. Like, like you said, he's six, seven, six, eight, man. It don't take skill to play no defense. It's just effort and energy, man. That's all it is. So if, if, if as soon as a coach calls him out about that, Jordan can't get mad about it. We know D'Antoni ain't gonna call him out. He's just gonna say, take the ball out of net and go. And that's the problem with Charlotte. We it's not it's not it's not always a a, a, a what is it? what's the word I'm looking for? A relay race, man. It's not it's not always a, a, a sprint. Got to be able to slow down, man. Stop teams from scoring also as well. Yeah, man. Like, fucking my my legend, James Worthy, said, these dudes just want to shoot threes, take IG pictures, 
and and fucking turn up in the club, man. It, it's all sad right, that. but 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 wait, wait, before wait, wait, James Worthy was 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 buying it on on game day, so I don't want to hear anything from him. He was winning though. Win. He was, but you can win and do whatever you want. He can, but so that's why I say he can't say those to those who are winning. Because them same dudes who are winning are still doing the same thing also as well. They on IG as well. I'm sure not they James pop Harden. bottles too. Not James Harden. Not KD. Them dude. Hey. Shit, look look at the heat. They they <laughs> they they um they had a picture of fucking Tyler Hero the same day they lost. He was in live. Not saying you can't live your life, because I'm definitely one of those where Yo, your your outside life is your outside life, but these dudes ain't putting in the work. Like, look, I'm, you know what? We we didn't went through all the news. Let's get to it. Tatum, look at him, man. He has grown so much in just a couple months. Like, man, he has since risen the beginning in, of the year. Oh, since January, bro. And I, I'm gonna say it. He's risen to superstar, and I'm gonna tell you why. What can he do now? He rebounds at a high level. He plays defense at a high level now, and he passes at a high level now. We already knew he was a scorer, but those other two things he wasn't doing. He wasn't playing defense, and he definitely wasn't passing. All you had to do was double-team Tatum, and he was fucking blown. Now if you double-team him, he is finding the right guy in the corner or cutting, and he's getting those assists. He had his worst game in game one and still had, what, 10 to 12 assists? Come on, man. He had 13 (laughs) 13 assists. Like, come on, bro. We we talking about a guy that really has taken his game to the next level. And this is what a lot of dudes ain't doing. They're stagnant. They stay the same. Look at Tyler Hero. He's complaining. He wants to be the star. He wants to be the star. Yeah, man. What the fuck is he doing? He's a white boy Jordan Jordan Clarkson. And he I don't even like offensively, his skill yeah. offensively ain't that much better, if we're being honest. Nah, man. He had he had his he had he, he he caught fire this year, and and he, and he did it at the right time. It's a contract year for him, so he's going he's going to toot his own horn and, and and try to get paid as he should. But you ain't stopping Come on, Gene. Like he, he said he was, he said he was on no, the no, no, I'm saying, I, I'm, I'm saying from, I know I'm saying from his standpoint, he he's had a good year. I'm saying now for me, he's not no starter. He's not starting on no championship team by Miami Heat. Like you said, I might be looking to trade him for a Donovan Mitchell as far as upgrading my team to put next to a Jimmy Butler. Because, again, you can't talk – you can't pop all that shit and then not show up for a game seven and not give me anything. But, yeah, you out partying in the club. So I get that part. But it's just coming from James Worthy. This man was still buying it on game day. That's it. But you are right. There's a lot of players in this league, especially James Harden's of the world, who – Basketball is not first. Let's just say ball is not life for a lot of players. And that that lifestyle off the court, it started to get to them. But we see the ones who do want to win, like you said, the the, the Jason Tatum's of the world, the, the Jalen Browns, they start to lock in and change their game. And we're going to have this conversation down the line, but Tatum is definitely a top 10 player in this league right now. Where do you want to rank them? We'll have, like we said, we'll discuss that later, but Tatum's name is in that ring now. He he's he's at the table. Listen, man. If I'm the Heat, I'm getting back on Tyler Hero. If I'm the Heat, I'm shipping that boy the fuck out of here. I don't care what nobody says. He's going. Look at look at what Pat bro. Pat Riley just shitted on fucking seventy percent of his roster. 
he said that um, he said that Kyle Lowry needs needs to be conditioned better. He said that Bam Adebayo has done so much that Duncan Robinson, Strauss, and Tyler Hero should give him half of their contract. Like, come on, bro. Like, hey, Tyler man, Hero. Pat, hey. <laughs> Pat Riley. I love Pat Riley, man. That man straight up left it all out there. He made it sound like Kyle Lowry had an eating disorder. He mad that he gave Duncan. He, he gave $90 million to a podcaster and Duncan Robinson, and he's pissed. Bro. I'm shipping both them white boys out of here ASAP, dude. ASAP. Like, they, when I say they're gone in the first week of actual off, off season, I mean that. <laughs> I don't care who take, I'll, I'll call Cleveland and see if Colin Saxton is available. Like, those two boys are gone. They're gone. Tyler Hero, go be a star wherever you want to be. I was, I ship you to Utah, boy. You're gone. Go be a star. Him and George Clarkson are going to have a Spider-Man be when they walk into the locker room. Bro, it's like, what? And then he going to, I guarantee you, as soon as he gets shipped off, he's going get, to get rid of that fake accent that he's been having. I'm tired of that shit. <laughs> this fake, deep voice, fake accent that he's been using is irritating. I'm tired hey, man, of it. I'm it's ever since the little snarl he had in the bubble, man, his little quote-unquote meme mug. <laughs> He's been thinking he's been the shit. Bozo. But yeah, man, we, we here. It's the finals. We didn't talk about everything else. We didn't caught y'all up. It is the NBA finals. I know we're on game two, but it's split right now. So we can still make predictions. We can still say who we think are going to win. Since we've already been through two games, break it down for me a little bit. What do you see? What are you liking? What are you disliking? Just from the final standpoint. Uh, from the final standpoint, I'm kind of sick and tired of the refs letting Draymond Green get away with just playing football out there. Shit's getting on my nerves. Like, anybody God. else who would do that is getting kicked out of the game. But yet, I'm tired of everybody running to the defense of Draymond Green. But that's his style. That's the way he plays. This and that. No, man, keep the standard as the standard of where it is. Because if anybody else did that, they're kicked out of the game. That's a technical foul. You're not pulling down anybody's short, anybody shorts and getting away with it. Like, this man is tack- – he tackled Grant Williams, and Grant Williams got a foul. I don't understand that. Like, that that shit gets on my nerves. And Kyle Cowherd, I'm tired of him just sack riding too. And so, those two just tying together. I, I hate both of them. They can take their network and and and, and block and block me from all my pla- – on all, all, all platforms. I don't care. I, I, I hate their asses together but just from 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 the game standpoint I, I love the competitiveness that we're seeing from from both sides nobody's backing down I think this was the best matchup that we could have got for the finals as far as just both teams standpoint of uh, they both teams got to play a little bit of chess right now we've seen Ime Doka make the end game adjustments from game one as far as them how they used to how, how they were guarding Steph Curry how the bigs were they're still <clears throat> getting back they're not there's not showing as much they're still dropping a little bit but we see the physicality of how it was bothering them Golden State in game one especially Jordan Poole Clay Thompson they weren't able to get their shots off and their rhythm off as much as they wanted and then like we we touched on a little bit we saw Jason Tatum take a bad seat get his teammates involved as far as Derek Wise, Al Horford, 
And we saw Jalen Brown also step up in and take more of that scoring load off the table in that first game. So that's how they got the first one. And the second one, we just seen Golden State just kind of kind of take it to another level, especially in that third quarter is where they really started as far as just them getting out, getting open, shooting their threes. They're still going to play defense as well. Boston, just they just have too many live ball turnovers, man. Boston has to cut down on their turnovers in order to give themselves a chance to, to win this series. But but overall, man, it's uh, I love what I'm seeing from both teams. I don't think either team has the upper hand on on each other. But I, I like like I've said before, it's it's definitely gonna be a seven game series. I'm the opposite, man. I think the Celtics have been the better team in both games. I think the second game, the only thing that changed it was the rhythm of the game because of the refs' fouls. Like you said, Draymond was getting away with a lot. That takes you out of a game. Like, shit, you oh, can go sure. to any you can go to any level, and I, I'm not promoting no violence or nothing, but the way he plays, you would have already seen a fight by now. In high school, at 24, anywhere else, the way he's playing, there would have been either a fight. Bro, like it would have been a fight, a push. Like we've seen the push, but it wouldn't went further because he's just playing so reckless. Like, and I, everybody know I don't even hate Draymond. That's the crazy part. I just started disliking him. He's playing so reckless, pretty much, and he's getting away with it. And then he's using it like which he should, but he's using it to his advantage, and then acting like nah, that's just me, like. I'm, I'm aggressive. I'm bringing that energy. You're not being, that's not even, to me, that's not even aggressive. Like I said, it's reckless. You're just, you're diving on people. You're running through people. You're using two hands to set a screen. You're pushing the guy. That's not a screen, bro. Like, get the, that shit is crazy. It's crazy to me. And then if he does get kicked out, he's going to go on his little ass podcast and talk about how everyone's against him and how it's a reputation thing and they they don't want him to win dog no there's no way you watch those back and see something different than the whole world like you said colin coward i get why he's doing it though you know promote your stupid ass network bro yeah you we didn't get it. it you ain't gotta do it like that you're not about to shit on everyone else just to promote this guy like draymond in the last two years for some reason this pet obviously it's because he's about to become you know a broadcaster so these broadcasters are trying to big up their upcoming teammate, but we're not about to push him into this top 20 conversation, this generational talent. Like, none of that is true. What's true is he landed on a good team. He played his role to perfection. He is one he's of the a, best role players to ever play the game. That's it. He's a star in his role, and that's and, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That, that shit, eh, whatever, I'm going to get off him because I can go on. But from 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 a full standpoint, like I said, the Celtics have been the better team. I'm a Lakers fan, and I'm giving them credit. I don't give a fuck. Kill me. Hey, they can we say this? Team. Can we? And, and this, and not to cut you off, and we're not rooting for the Celtics. This is basketball. We got to call it how it is, man. Like everybody's man. like, oh, you can't like you can't want the Celtics. Well, I'm not saying I want the Celtics to win. I'm saying I'm calling it from what I'm seeing out there. If I think Baltimore looks like a better team, I'm still not going to say, well, Golden State's going to win if I think Boston looks like a better team. I chose Boston to win this series based off because, like, they, they, they play a great brand of team basketball. And in this situation, 
I believe Emmanuel Udoka is a better coach than Steve Kerr. Doesn't mean that I'm rooting and watching the game saying those Celtics. I have no interest of who of, of who wins of who wins this series. I hate both franchises at this point. And the only reason why I don't like the Warriors is because of their fan base and the way that Draymond Green's been running around and running his mouth. So that's the reason why I don't care if Golden State wins. And in Boston wins, they got one more than us. So I still hate them at the bottom of my heart. All right. But we got to give credit when it's due and call it how we see it out here. Yep. Took the words out of my mouth. Like I said, I see a better team, but I also see a better coach team. Uh, Steve Kerr gets credit. I'm not hating on him. I ain't going to, you know, we, we don't have to go that deep. But he's been out coached both games. His players, like, yeah, Jordan Poole had a good game, but let's break down the points. Eight points in garbage time, he hit a half-court shot. He had 11 of his 17 of just nonsense. So that's not going to happen again. Game one, we go back to game one and how everyone was like, oh, how the hell do you leave Curry open? That's a recipe for a loss. It worked out. You know why? Because everyone else was out of rhythm. Clay still hasn't found his shot. Draymond was two for 12. Otto Porter was the only other guy that hit, and he was four for five from the three. And what happened game two? The dude had three points. So, like I said, this has been the better coach team. I think that team is better. I personally think the Celtics are going to win. I had them in the very beginning, but I was quiet about it because I just want to watch basketball. In the finals, it's – I don't really – like, I – if we had a podcast, I would have predicted it, but I didn't. Um, I personally had the Celtics. I still do after those two games because I've seen what I needed to see. Now, of course, the series can change. Someone can get injured. Someone can get suspended. Someone could just start going off. But for what I've seen, there is no rhythm for the Warriors. Curry is the only one truly in rhythm. If you look at the, if, even if you just look at the stats, because I know guys are stat guys. He is the only one truly in rhythm. Everyone else yes. has played on and off or off, off. They haven't been on, on like he has. So to me, it took a lot for the Celtics to lose. They had Al Horford have what? Zero points. Marcus Smart had two points. So combined from two starters, you got two points out of them. They were two for 12, two for 14 together. So that's, that's one factor why the Celtics lost. Like you said, a whole bunch of turnovers. That's another factor. That's part of the game. But we're just naming all the factors for them to lose. A whole bunch of turnovers. They had um, what's his name play bad? Uh, Jalen Brown. He was out of rhythm, rightfully so. Draymond took him out of rhythm, and it wasn't like he took him defensively out of rhythm. He took him out of rhythm, doing extra shit. He should have had his. And again, we're Laker fans, so we're being real. He should have had his second tech by fucking halftime. This dude was doing too much. He started the game doing too much. He's the only guy that gets away with really just yelling, yelling, yelling at the refs. Everybody else gets kicked out. We've seen guys get kicked out for laughing. So for you to throw your hands screaming fully loud, you can hear it on the audio. Come on, man. He should have been gone. So it took that to It's so much, bro. It it is. And and just from the, the overall standpoint of the series, we the only consistent player, like you said, who's who's really had his rhythm has just been Steph. Steph has been on both teams. Steph has been the only player who's who's had his rhythm as far as on the offensive standpoint. But 
just uh, just to get back on the on the series, I think the the team who has their role players just in the best position to succeed, and as far as just as as their offensive game is on, that's that's what's going to come down to. It's going to come down to the execution of, of of the role players. Like we know, Tatum is going to be Tatum. Brown is going to be Jalen Brown. Clay Thompson at some point he's going to strike hot one of these games, but it's going to come down to the others on both sides. Can Derrick Wright continue to hit hit threes? Can Al Horford? I know I don't think he's going to score twenty six again, but can he give you a sixteen to eighteen points? I think Margaret Smart is due for a, a a big game in Boston. They're coming back. I think he's going to play well, and a lot of people have been quiet and haven't really been speaking upon this too. Jordan Poole, ever since that first that first round, he ain't been the whole pool party like everybody's been saying. So he got put in that straight jacket in game one by Peyton Pritchard. And I, I don't see him getting off mm-hmm. of 17 again. So good luck against going against Boston at home. So if if he thinks the, the little things they was doing was going was 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 working at home, hey man, you're gonna be in for a rude awakening come come uh the garden time and that's also be another thing i want to see too is how how is gonna how is golden state gonna play how are the refs now gonna rep draymond and boston because as he says he's gonna play the same way he's gonna do the same things that crowd is gonna egg him on into doing something really stupid i believe in one of these two games and i want to see if the refs are gonna allow him to get away with hey that's that's a really really good point that crowd is going to take him to the next level. And we we have to hold the refs accountable. All year, me and you have been, you know, fairly equal when it's come to the refs. We've admitted when they've been bad. We've admitted when they've gotten, you know, criticism that they shouldn't have got. So this is going to determine how this series is played. Now, I'll tell you this. If he is able to continue to do what he does, there isn't a way the Celtics are going to win. Because they're still young. There's a couple of vets on that team, but they're still young and they don't have that same vet that, that is a Patrick Beverly or Draymond, just an irritant. They don't have that same vet. Marcus Smart right. isn't an irritant. He's a flopper and a good defender, but he's not an irritant. He's not a guy that's going to try to make you fight him. So if they're allowing Draymond to do that, we got to be honest, Golden State wins. Now, if they start to call it more fair, and they start to really get on his ass about, you know, doing what he's doing, then the Celtics easily win. I keep saying this. They're the better team, bro. Better role players. Their stars are doing better. Curry is the the best player on the floor. But when you combine the stars, the Curry and Clay, and you combine Brown and Tatum, Brown and Tatum have been doing better, obviously. Because if – Clay or Curry and Tatum have been kind of equaling out. Tatum has played better a little bit, and then Curry plays better a little bit. But Brown has easily played better than Clay this whole time. Now, if you even go to the third best player, Marcus Smart game one was way better than Marcus Smart game two. But their third best player is what, Draymond? I know they're supposed to say Jordan Poole, but he's coming off the bench. So we say Draymond. Draymond has not been good. This last game, he did the old Draymond trick. I'm not going to say he controlled the game like everybody else is trying to say no, bro. Curry just was still <laughs> Curry. I'm tired of that too. He didn't control the game. He he fucking just irritated players. And it happens, bro. No one wants to be on the court 
everyone's actually let's say this everybody's been everyone's had that type of player where it's like bro this ain't even basketball you like you're just irritating him in court bro he's kicking around he's running through you he's holding you he's pulling down your shorts like that's not basketball bro like if anybody is like fond of that or thinks that's like amazing that's bullshit bro that's that's complete bullshit like cedric <laughs> maxwell said if that was the 80s or 90s we would have seen a bloody nose. That nigga would have got punched in his mouth. That's just not basketball. <laughs> and he's right, man. It isn't basketball. Like we, this man is literally taking people out and and pushing people and holding people for screens, and they're applauding it. And that's and that's the and that's the thing that I don't get because now when you applaud it, guess what? The the those who are watching basketball, let's just say the, the high school kids or those in the AAU. They're going to see that and go try the same thing that they're seeing on TV and say, j Mon can do it. I'm going to try to do the same thing and get away with it. And no, that's going to lead to somebody getting chin checked or chest ties on the court. Yeah, there's there's a difference from a hard screen and a fucking screen where you're holding somebody. A hard screen, you knock the dude down, that takes away fatigue, your guy hits an open jumper. We applaud that shit because that's that's a basketball play. You're setting a hard screen. You're sacrificing your body for the next man. Now, if you're just holding him or you're running through somebody, why the hell would I applaud something like that? That's not even – it don't take no skill. That's just I'm bigger than you. and I, he, he probably not even bigger than most dudes, but that's saying I'm bigger than you. I'm going to run through you. That's some football shit. That's not basketball. Like We don't applaud that in basketball. I'm telling you, Draymond really looks like a football. He looks like one of those football players. And this is no disrespect to the football homies that, that like to play open run. But he looks like one of those football players who's just out there playing open run basketball half the time. Bro, that's literally what he is. Like, to me, I think he's – and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to shame him for real, but it just looks like he was meant for football, but he was skilled enough – to play basketball he made the right passes and that's the thing he's trying to act like nobody gives him credit for his passing ability to me personally that's what I always thought he was best at so I don't know how he doesn't get that credit I see everyone else say the same thing he's trying to push this narrative of he doesn't get credit for nothing I'm tired of these sob stories I wasn't even a Golden State hater I didn't care about their fans nothing got to me but I'm being real they have gotten to me. <laughs> They're yeah, <here>. man. <laughs> They're here, bro. I, I have, I've, I've caved in. I'm with everybody else, man. I'm on the Golden State hate train. I'm here, bro. Add me in. Give me my ticket. Sign me up. <laughs> it's, it's sick, man. It's annoying. And the thing is, it's we respect the players, man. It's, it's not, it's, it's y'all fans that are annoying as hell, man. Y'all, y'all made it worse, and Draymond's made it worse for y'all too, because every time. After a game, he got to run out there and, and go say something. Like after game one, I really didn't like how he decided. I thought it was disrespectful for him to go and after game one and say, yeah, we dominated the game for about 40 minutes, 40-something minutes. You know, Boston only took control the last six minutes. Bro, y'all went into halftime down two. So how can you say y'all had control of the game and Boston went up at, start at, at halftime? Can, like, can we talk the, about that? Can we talk about the lack how, of the lack of respect he has for, for these opponents, or or maybe he just views and puts them, the Warriors, and himself on this pedestal as if they're the greatest champions or the only champions that we've seen in basketball. That shit's got to stop. 
yeah, that has to start, but I, I really want to talk about this. Can we get to the point, or can we talk about how media has been shit on for years and years and years, and I am part of the shit on media train, but the, the notion that players say, oh, we don't like media because they control narratives, if we're being real, players control narratives just as much as media, bro. He He's controlling oh, a narrative. He's trying to go on. He's pushing a narrative, and and that's what he's doing, bro. Like he literally went on his podcast right after, which you know I'm fifty fifty with that. I don't have I don't have a real problem with him going on his podcast. I have a real problem with him controlling a narrative. He tried to go on there and basically say we know Derek White ain't gonna do what he did, even though he did that two games before. He did that against the Heat, but yeah, he, I don't think he's gonna hit those contested shots. He People went to go replay it, made their own little highlight reel. He only had one contested shot. If anybody hit contested shots, it was Otto Porter. But he didn't talk about that. He talked about Derek White hitting contested shots. We know that's not going to happen again. Them shots is wide open, so he lied right there. Number two, we know Al Horford's capable, but I don't know if he's going to do th- Yo, like, let's cut the narratives, bro. Let, let Like, you can break down film. You can talk about what your team did and what y'all didn't do right. But I, I don't like the whole... I'm going to tell y'all why, you know, they didn't beat us. We beat ourselves type shit, bro. It's it's almost insulting to tell us that you controlled the game for 41 to 42 minutes. Everyone Man. watched the game. Like, that's that's really insulting to me. Because, like you said, they were down, but they were down at halftime. So, already you lied. Third quarter, you guys went up 12. And then they fucking tied it back up. So, you did not control the game for 40... Where in your eyes or in your mind, like I said, that's like it's just controlled narrative because there's no way you can explain to me how you were controlling the game for 41 minutes when Curry went ballistic in the first quarter and you guys were only up four points. If we're being honest, it was a chess move. You weren't controlling it. Fucking the Celtics coaching staff was controlling the game. If we're going to talk about it, like it's, it's, it's insulting, bro. I, I don't like that. I don't like narratives. Even if you want to go to Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly, if you want to be technical, was pushing a narrative on Chris Paul. Even though it's a true narrative, that's still pushing a narrative. <laughs> so they they can't get mad when someone else do it, but they start getting fucking um, broadcasting jobs and do the same thing. Just be real. That's that's my only problem. Media sucks. Yes, you guys should be in media because you guys played the game. But if you're going to go into media and become the same guys you hate, you're a fucking walking hypocrite. I'm not with it. Hey, man, Draymond likes to run around and say, oh, the new media, whatever. No, this isn't the new media. You're just loud. That's the only difference because you're still doing the same old things that they've been doing for since day one. So, again, I, like, I, like, like we said, man, Draymond got to stop with these with these nasty ass hot takes of of like you said him just controlling the narrative that no one gives him credit when everybody for the last five six years have said Draymond's been the engine and the catalyst for the Warriors team like what more do you want, bro? And it's like, are you like purposely acting like you don't hear, or you just want to get your credit every five seconds? Like we're not doing that. You got you got you got a, a podcast. You got a network pushing you. We're not doing it, bro. We're we're not gonna sit here and kiss your ass all day. If you f- fucking have a two for twelve game, 
we're going to talk about that two for 12 game. Everybody gets the same smoke. Yeah, man. And and I wanted to keep that same energy because right before playoffs, it's like, it's time for me to shoot 40% from three again. Hey, man, I, don't, I, <laughs> I don't know who you think you are, buddy, but if Clay ain't pulling off no 40% right now, you damn sure ain't looking at him 30% right now. He's still ain't even looking at the rim. It's the playoffs and you're still not looking at the rim. Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's controlled narratives. You Come say on, something, man. everyone starts to believe it. Yes, in the playoffs, you have shot better. But where has it been? Huh? I, I don't see it. Um, we're not doing that, bro. You, he's not getting away with the bullshit no more. But, you know, just to, just to circle it back and talk about the game, this, this finals, like you said, this is probably the best one we could have gotten. It's living up to the hype. We've had a roller coaster. This is uh, – <laughs> it sucks to say, but the NBA has officially become sports entertainment. Um, it, it's, it's giving us the entertainment. It's giving us a story. It's storytelling, but if Draymond and the Warriors continue to get away with what they're getting away with, this is going to be sports entertainment. This is going to be a storyline. We are going to get seven games out of it, and maybe the best team wins. Maybe the refs help a team win. I don't know, but at the moment, other than the the bullshit in game two, at the moment, this has been a very good finals this will be a continued good finals. I think we'll see, like you said, Marcus Smart is due. I think game three, he'll, he'll have a really good game, but it could be game four. But he's due in Boston. So game three, I'm looking for Marcus Smart to get 15 to 20 points, maybe more. He hasn't caught his rhythm for real. Game, game one, his rhythm was caught because Tatum was not playing well offensively. And he was able to get guys open. So now, if Tatum, the only problem with the Celtics is when Tatum goes off, it seems like everybody else kind of like is not doing so well. So let's see if they incorporate that in game three where he's going off while his teammates are also playing well. He needs to help. Al Horford had a shitty game. He couldn't hit hook shots over Curry in the paint. Hopefully he bounces back. He's a vet, so there's no excuse for him. There is no jitters. I know it's his first finals, but there's no jitters if you are in the paint against Curry. That should be barbecue chicken, lamb chops, whatever. We'll see, though. Yeah, man. I We'll see. The, the, the series sits back to Boston. Like they say, role players play better at home. So I think that the Grant Williams of the world, Peyton Pritchard would knock down clutch shots. Uh, like you said, I think Marcus Smart is, is due either in game three or game four for, for a big – signature Marcus Smart game for one of those like 20 point games and he gets about four steals and and as Draymond was says he he controls the game from a defensive standpoint for sure but but we we end for a good series like we said man right now it comes down to what a best of we, we got it's one one the first team to four wins man let's let's see who makes the right adjustments let's hopefully everyone can stay healthy no one else gets hurt from here on out no one catches COVID because I don't want to hear any excuses from either teams. So hopefully, like we said, it, it just we, – we keep the basketball on the basketball court and, and no antics are, are are affecting the game. And the the best team should come out to win it. All right, let me, let me throw a wrench in it. Who's finals MVP? Who do you predict? 
if if Golden State if Golden State wins it, Steph finally gets that Finals MVP, and mm-hmm. if if Boston wins it, I think it either I think it goes to Tatum, or I think it, it just just a small dark horse. I think Jalen Brown might have a shot because in order for Boston to win this series, Jalen Brown has to be the game one Jalen Brown instead of game two. A lot of people are starting to whisper that, you know, Wiggins' defense on Tatum is going to be the reason Jalen Brown wins Finals MVP, and I'm not mad at that notion. Not at all. Because, and I'll say this: shout out to Andrew Wiggins too. He's definitely stepped up and been a better player, not just for, um, not just for these playoffs, but just overall for for Golden mm-hmm. State. If you would have told me this minute, if this if the Minnesota Wiggins could turn into this Golden State Andrew Wiggins. As far as just being a, a consistent two-way player, I don't know if I would have been able to see it. Can't can't fold y'all, but I gotta give Wiggins a lot of credit for adapting to the role he's in and stepping up and playing and, and, and being a star in his role. You know, it's crazy that 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 talks about I think we hold number one picks to a different standard than what they could be. Because let, let's be real, right? Certain draft classes have been complete shit. So if you're the number one pick in a shit draft class, that just means you're the you're the best player in an average or a shit draft. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a generational talent. You just at your age or your draft class, you were better than everyone else, and that's what's going on with Wiggins. Um, I'm not gonna say Aiden. Obviously, we know his draft class is actually good. But just most number one picks are just better than their peers at the moment. But once they get to that next level, they might become just role players. And it sucks because the notion of a number one pick should mean, you know, you're a a real different type of talent. But how many generational talents are we really going to have? That's another problem that we need to really think about. Everyone can't be generational. That's the whole point of the 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 term generational talent because you're the best talent of that generation. Not every generation, I mean, not every player from the same generation is going to be a generational talent. It's just impossible. Hey man, you hit you hit the the nail on the head right there. That's for sure. But yeah, so I kind of agree. I got Curry Finals MVP if if the Warriors win, if the Celtics win, I have. Um, here I'm gonna say it like this: I'm even on Brown and Tatum. I don't think Tatum is just a lock, and I don't. I wouldn't right. be surprised if Brown wins. But my dark horse would be Smart, because, like you said, we both think he's due. If Smart somehow finds his rhythm, while both guys Tatum and Brown are still going off, if he finds his rhythm and is able to give 15 to 20 points while getting two, three steals maybe even having a four-steal game, that's going to be looked at differently than Tatum and Brown because one of those guys, just for right now, one of those guys are going to be off out of Tatum and Brown. It's happened both games. One was on, one was off. One was off, one was on. So if if Smart can be consistent in what he does, I would have him as a dark horse MVP. And I would not be mad. I know people are still mad at the Iggy shit, but I would not be mad at a role player winning a finals MVP if he's exceeding his role at that moment. 
Yeah, because I, I feel that. And, and like you said, there's nothing wrong with it at all, especially if we've seen Andre Iguodala win a finals MVP. And we know that Marcus Smart would definitely have to contribute more and play at a higher level in order for Boston to win the, the finals. So if he was to get that MVP, it wouldn't be mad at all. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. This is – I think – even though I have the Celtics, I'm not I'm not completely confident. Like that's why I haven't said Celtics in six, Celtics in seven. I don't know. I what one thing I do know is I see a lot of people trying to act like the Warriors about to win um three straight games. And I don't know how y'all see that. Like if we if we watch in the court, bro, there's no way and if they do, then I I'll say I was completely wrong, but there's no way I can see the Warriors winning four straight games in this series at all. I can't see the Warriors winning four straight, especially if we haven't seen Clay hit stride yet. We haven't seen anyone on the Warriors hit their stride yet, but Steph. So they, I, I'll just throw that out the window right there. But it's, I, I do want to see if Boston wins Game Three, only because now the the, the series becomes two one. I want to see how not just how the Warriors respond, but everyone outside of Steph responds and Clay and Draymond because they've been in those spots before. So now yeah. how does the cat and, and, and Looney's been there too, but now it, it's a little bit different from him. He's now in a, in a bigger role in a different role. So now how do the Wiggins step up? How does Jordan Poole react to it? How does Otto Porter react to it? Kavon Looney? How how does Golden State come back from being down 2-1 if they lose game three? Do they let that affect them and go down 3-1? Or do they tie the series? So that's what I'm in. That's what I want to see coming out of the next game. I'll be honest. This this is putting pressure on it, but it, it's true. If Boston doesn't win game three, they're in complete trouble. And I'll tell you why. I think that they they don't have the championship experience. Yes, they've been down in playoffs, but it's it's a difference being down in the championship where you're going against a team that's already won, a team that's been here, a team that's faced a LeBron. You guys aren't LeBron. You guys are well coached, but at the end of the day, you're not LeBron. LeBron could go off by himself and win a win a, a finals game. You guys have to win as a team. So to me, if they don't win game three and you give the Warriors that first game at home, game four, you're going to have even more pressure on you, which means you've got to play airtight or you lose that. So now you're down 3-1 and you go you go back to Golden State, you lose. But I I don't know. I don't I don't see I don't see Golden State winning three straight, but if 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 the um Celtics lose game 3, it's obviously way more um it's way more possible that the Warriors could win in 5 because of the pressure that's going to be on Boston cuz now Game four is a must win. Game five is a must. Every game is going to be a must win. So you have to knock that out now and maybe split in the series. I mean, in the, um, yeah, in the series at home. But you cannot lose that first game because the pressure is just going to be too much. Because now the Warriors are more relaxed and now you're more pressured up. And when you're pressured up in basketball, that's always a recipe for disaster unless you're you know, one of them. And we know what one of them means. Like if, if you're a Kobe, if you're a LeBron, if you're a D Wade, then there's a difference. You could be a little pressured up because you've already 
shown us what you can do under pressure. These guys have not been super pressured up. They have won some good series, but they have not faced a Golden State. They have not faced a team that can shoot four threes in, in two minutes and be up 20. And we've seen them blitz them in game two. Now, can can that happen again? Yes. And if it does happen, this series is going to take a turn for the worse. Yeah, man, especially if Golden State, those, like you said, the 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 group that, that has been the finals, if they smell, if those sharks start smelling blood in the water, it can get real ugly. And, and we know, and we know pressure either does two things, either bust pipes or, or it makes diamonds. So, and also, and also if, if Boston is put in that position, we're going to find out if Tatum is one, if he's one of them. So it's, like we said, this is interesting from here on out, man. I, I can't wait. Yes, sir. Damn, I'm excited to be back, though. Salute to all y'all that have listened, that have, you know, encouraged us to get back. We are not you know, we're not being lazy or anything. We we got real lives. We're coaching. We're building. We're helping the youth like we always preach. This ain't just, you know, a sentence to say at the end of the podcast. It's real life. So salute to y'all that's been rocking with us. We really do appreciate it. We see the numbers. We see the support. This shit is real, man. I appreciate y'all. Yes, sir, man. Just the co-sign my man Lufo said. At some point, we are definitely gonna gonna share our 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 coaching, our our coaching experience, what we've been doing over these past spring and summer, why we've been been away so long. But till then, we're gonna continue to build. We're gonna continue to build a podcast. We're gonna continue to build upon our youth. Like we said, we always want to protect black men. We want to support the youth and lead them in the right direction, man. And, and with that being said, man, we out of here, man. Look for anything you want to say to the people. Peace out, my guys. Thank you. Yes, sir. Peace. Click the subscribe button and make sure to follow us on our Instagram page at Ball Never Lie Pod and our Twitter page, BNL underscore podcast.